Hello, everybody. It's Jeff, and welcome to the new Daily Daily Evolver, Mondays through Thursdays on Integral Live. Today, I'm welcoming on the show one of my best integral buds, Dr. Keith Witt. And of course, Dr. Keith is well known to those of you who have been following the Daily Evolver. He and I have done a series called The Shrink and the Pundit for several years. And of course, Dr. Keith is the shrink as he has been a psychotherapist in private practice for 44 years now in Santa Barbara. And he is uh, one of the leading psychotherapists on the planet, uh, integral psychotherapists for sure on the planet, having written a number of books and programs, including Shadow Light, Integral Mindfulness, Waking Up, Waking Up and uh, The Gift of Shame. And so join me in welcoming Dr. Keith. Hey, Dr. Keith. Hey, Jeff. Hey, everybody. Really good to be here. Yeah. So, um, you know, what we're doing, particularly on this new daily show, where we're really able to respond to the karma of the minute that's arising here, is Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing, is we're paying attention to what's arising, what's new, what's evolving in all four quadrants. And um, what I'm seeing, and what I want to talk to you about today, is that there are a lot of people who are really just, the best word for it is just really upset. Uh, Apparently, Donald Trump has become the president of the United States. God, how did that happen? I know. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody's all worked up in my world, including me. And, you know, so you have this catbird seat where you're looking into people's interiors all day long. And I'm just wondering, what are you seeing? What's new? What's different? How do you interpret this? How can you help us, you know, make sense of it or live with it? (laughs) Yeah, seeking help. Let me see. Um, uh, You know, uh, I I was thinking about our talk and I was thinking, what's different about now than about the first two or three years of the Bush administration? Because I had a lot of clients who were angry and despairing and depressed and outraged. Um, They were feeling um, uh, unsafe and attacked and all this kind of stuff after the Bush administration. But it's but it's been different um, now. Uh, this time. And uh, it's, it's, as you know, I, I, I'm very interested in how our programming, our drives um, affect our worldview and affect our development. And I'm seeing much more people feeling personally bullied now. I've thought more people, I've had people being outraged. And also, there's more of a, it's almost like there's more people at exit green, at least in my world, in mm-hmm. that people are recognizing that there's different worldviews. And when clearly. you say exit green, just so people can understand, we're talking about this evolutionary move from post-modernity, which yes. was preceded by modernity and preceded by traditionalism. So with this move out of post-modernity into this new integral consciousness that we're talking about. So, yes. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. a lot of your clients are in that neck of the woods. So they're yeah they're going into the place where there's they're recognizing that there's different worldviews, and unconsciously uh, um, uh, recognizing that they can't use the same 
standards of discourse. I mean, uh, uh, people used to have more political arguments 10 years ago, uh, 12 years ago, much less. People are understanding if we're in different worldviews, we should not talk about uh, stuff. So I'm, I'm noticing that because I have a lot of green clients, a lot of orange clients and so on, though, you know, some blue. Um, uh, but not an awareness of how those worldviews are manifesting through me. I'm not quite there because the shift from green to teal is now I can see my, fun, my conformist side. I can see my rational side, my, my rational worldview. I can see my pluralistic worldview. I can see how they're speaking through me. And they're not just speaking through me with perspectives. They're speaking through me with moral discernments. They're speaking through me with various levels of emotional and moral reaction. They're speaking through me in terms of self-preservation and, and response to threat. Um, so, I'm, so there's more of a, 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 it's almost as if people know that there's different worldviews and are not quite there thinking that all these exist in me and I can observe them. Yeah, so that's, 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 one that's, a, that's a, that second part's a big leap yes. for people. Uh, I, I, and I agree with you that I do think that people are seeing that there are different worldviews. I mean, how else can we explain this Trump thing? And, yeah. you know, that, 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 that especially the, the, like evangelicals can look through the, you know, obvious mendacity of this man yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and embrace him. And, and as an, as, as integralists, we know that, of course they do, because they're a traditional and, and they're at war with, with post-modernity. And although they know that Trump isn't really one of them in, in significant ways, he's one of them in that he is at war with post-modernity. He is at war with green multiculturalism, political correctness. And this is what they feel suffocated by. And so people, uh, us liberals, have had to sort of take them more seriously. Yes. And, and that's progress in, in its own way. I think so. And I think you're really, I, I think that the enemy of my, of my enemy is my friend. Yes. Which is that basic, uh, and that's, I think the enemy of my, uh, of my enemy is my friend. I actually think that that's a biological drive. I think that crosses uh, value memes, um, yeah. and, and appears in every value meme. Uh, and I'm, people are feeling more per the least the, to the people that didn't vote for Trump. And so and a lot of them currently that seem that did, <laughs> right. They're feeling bullied and there is a psychology of bullying. Yeah. Um, the, the human, uh, brain, you know, we're designed to be social, right? Most of our brain is designed to be social, and our first choice is is collaboration, is social engagement. That's that's humans' first choice. But to be able to do that, we have to feel safe. We have to our nervous system has to read safety to to be be socially engaged. And can I just point out that I don't think that's Donald Trump's first impulse. <laughs> well, you know. And I'm not sure that that's Red's first impulse in general when we talk about the stage that's before traditionalism, which the warrior culture, which is, you know, about fighting. Well, hold on for a second. Let me finish. Okay. Because okay? I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. All right. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm with you on that. But uh, when our nervous system doesn't read safety, it reads threat, it goes into a fight-flight reaction. And in social groups, that fight-flight reaction is manifested by dominate the other person, 
submit to the other person or disconnect and avoid the other person. Right on. Okay. Dominate, submit, or, 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 or get away. And under those circumstances, what we prefer is to dominate. Okay. Uh, submitting feels shitty. That's where shame comes from and a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, getting away feels bad because we haven't established social justice. And basic attribution theory is if I feel threatened by you, then I want to dominate you so that I don't feel threatened. And then I feel a sense of social justice. It was like a Sharon, when he went in when, when, during one of the wars, he said, you step on my foot, I cut off your leg. That's basic. And if you can't take the perspective of other, you are easily threatened. Yeah. So I can see Trump having a, a, a comfortable conversation with someone until he feels the least bit threatened. And then he reflexively goes into dominator mode, bully mode. And it's moral for, for a dominator, it's moral to attack sadistically if you feel like you're responding to an attack. And, you know, you hear that from right. Sarah Huckabee. You strike us, we strike first. Yeah. So all throughout Trump's life, we could probably go back to two or three years old. If he could identify himself as being threatened or attacked by someone, then it was okay for him to sadistically attack the other person. And by sadistically attack, I mean hurt the other person for his own gratification. Yeah. And if you don't have, and now we're getting into red. Red doesn't have the capacity to take the perspective of the other. As soon as red objectifies the other and you become an object for me to hurt so that I can feel better, I have no empathic uh, engagement whatsoever. Um, you know, if, 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 we're, if we should share the same mythic membership, and if I identify you as sharing the mythic membership, I might be able to feel bad about attacking you. And that's you. the next stage up, which is the traditionalist, the mythic membership. Yeah, if we go to, yeah. mythic, if we go to Amber. And, and this is where I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, is, you know, you mentioned Bush and how distraught everybody was yeah, about Bush. Yeah, freaked out. You know, in terms of us liberals, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and of course, he was traditionalist and, he, and sort of early modernist. He came from, from that uh, area. And, uh, and, you know, Mitt Romney. I, I, I love, I don't know if you remember what Bill Maher talked about, uh, uh, Mitt Romney. You know, Bill Maher gave Barack Obama a million, a cool million dollars in his campaign against Romney wow. because he thought Romney was a threat to, you know, the world. The social order, yes. Yes, exactly. And he said he would blow Mitt Romney now <laughs> if he would be yeah. president. He would become a Mormon. If, so, so, so Trump's a whole other cat. And I think what the difference is, is that Trump's not coming from traditionalism. Trump is in very important uh, lines of development coming from red. Yes. And that just is, that's like throwing a bomb. It just is. When we're bullied, what do we do? You know, we respond with, uh, we want to fight back, want to dominate, we want to we submit, or we want to get away. And, and this is something I'm noticing with, with a lot of people around Trump and his people. When they get on the TV, they're muted. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen Trump finish the sentence i don't think <laughs> you're leaping for the remote i'm even on a, even on a comedy show because it's physically painful to me because my nervous system is reading he's trying to humiliate me okay that's what bullies do mm -hmm. and human nervous systems there's research that shows that being bullied for a lot of kids has the same kind of toxicity for them that being molested has yeah it's really bad for our nervous system yeah 
Um, and everybody has bully material. Uh, you know, 26% of 13 to 16 year olds have been bullied and probably 50% of any group of elementary school kids are going to be bullied at least once during a year. We all have that material and, and repetitive stress makes us more sensitive. So Trump has been in, intruding and attacking by, you know, being contemptuous and being dis- demeaning and threatening things and threatening our physical, us physically and threatening us. Now, when I say us, I mean, people below the 97, 98% bracket, uh, okay? To the people that are in the top 1% or 2% bracket, the stock market is just cooking. Right. Um, uh, but of course, they're not his only supporters, and many of his supporters are not in the 1% or 2% at all. In fact, probably most of them. The enemy of my enemy is my yeah, friend. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, because if you're not aware of what's going on, what, if you're not aware of what's driving you and somebody starts attacking somebody that you think is critical of you, and let's face it, you know, greed is really, really critical and contemptuous about rednecks and about uneducated people and about people who don't believe in science and about, uh, you know, people who, and white, you know, white nationalists, you know, we have this contempt and, you know, and, and, I have that contempt. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very polite when I'm with people and I see them as human beings and as emissaries of spirit like everything mm-hmm. else. But, but basically, I have to regulate my contempt yeah, me too. For, for, for those things. And so what Trump is doing is he's attacking all the people that have held these people in contempt. And wherever they are, they all went to school and were held in contempt by somebody who knew more than they did or some teacher or some principal or some boss mm-hmm. or somebody. And, you know, well, fuck all those people. And Trump is saying, yeah, yeah, I'll attack those people. I'll humiliate those people. Mm-hmm. I'll, and, and they're all climbing aboard the humiliation wagon and they're going, yeah. It's like the, it's like the Roman, it's so much like the, the, the Colosseum where everybody would look at the emperor who's going to decide life or death. And because he wasn't deciding it for me or my son or daughter, it was really exciting when he went, death. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and if, and if I don't see the people in Africa as human beings, if I see them as objects, if I don't see progressives as human beings, if I see them as objects, if I don't see California as human beings, I see mm-hmm. them as objects, then seeing that thumb go down feels pretty good to me if yeah. I think that those people have been critical of me or contemptuous yeah, of me. Absolutely. And you know, I think um, one of the things you said about people feeling bullied mm-hmm. in their lives. And um I'm thinking that, and I will give Trump some credit for this, that people are being sensitized to this. Um, and I think even of, you know, the Harvey Weinstein thing and, and this big, uh, all of a sudden, this big emergence of women who are saying me too. And, you know, I, I know women who have been through, basically, if we, you know, you and I are in our 60s. Some That's of right. our female friends have you know, gone right up through two or three stages of development with us mm-hmm. where, you know, I think of my one f- a friend who, you know, her neighbor would do grab ass and, you know, when she was a teenage girl and it's, this is a friend of her dad's and she just batted him away and tried to make a remark and, you know, didn't, you know, didn't feel it as anything other than that's how men are pigs, you know, right. men are other men, men are something else than women. And, and that's a traditional view. Actually, men and women see each other largely as it's, you know, mm-hmm. you have intimate relationships, but still that, you know, men are pigs kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you move up, and to the point where it's kind of like, 
it happens. It shouldn't happen. This is maybe more of a modern view. Uh, but uh, as long as I can kind of stay safe, uh, I'm not going to rock the boat. And it's a little bit don't ask, don't tell. And, you know, th- th- so th- this, this is, and of course, domination by men for, of women is as old as red for sure, and probably older. So, you know, all of this is online. And then when people get to green, when they get to this postmodern multicultural, one of the keys markers of this stage is the sensitivity to being victimized. Yeah. The sensitivity to being bullied, to being seen as an it and, and used as an it. And there's, and there's this whole range. I know myself, at, at some point when I got to be bright green, I was outraged that my love, my gay love, wasn't at the same status as everybody else's. I mean, I just, I thought if I have to watch another fucking Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks movie, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> you know, I, that's, it, it, I just, my consciousness was raised. And, and that's what we called it. You know, we started that in the 60s and it actually worked, it took. And now this big mass of people are like, I can't stand this. This women, I can't, you know, I was reading Kathleen Parker today and she was saying the same thing. She said, I've, I thought I wasn't, I hadn't been subjected to this, but I sat down with a friend and it turns out I had, and <laughs> yes. now I'm outraged. And yes, that's, that's a good thing. You know, I agree. I completely agree with that. They, they, what a, to me, that, that's an unexpected benefit. I, 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 I've said it before. I, I feel more patriotic. Um, because I, I'm so, I value the Constitution more. I'm, I'm more puzzled, and I've been looking deeply into what's going on in terms of civics in the country, which is fascinating. Uh, um, and I feel kind of nationalistic about California. California has its own, its own hey, foreign policy. Keith, now. in the sacred world to come, California is going to be its own country. Okay. Say hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. We're, we're, we're not going to worry about the preserving the union forever here, I don't think. I, I don't know. It's, just, it's definitely an option, though. May could, but yes. May, may thank could, you, California. Thank you, Colorado. You know, and, thank you, Colorado. And, yeah. and, and, and a lot of places who are fighting the good fight and you know, joining the resistance in a way that is actually quite encouraging. It is you encouraging. Know? It's might. still scary, though, because Donald Trump has the button. Oh man, and that—that's just intolerable. So that's the bully stuff. So you know, you—you you, know—you—you you mentioned sensitive, uh, sensitized. You know, there's a difference between um, resilience and and sensitization, and people generally often get it mixed up. They're completely opposite constructs. Okay. Interesting. Sensitization and resilience are completely opposite constructs. Resilience is. There's a series of, of stressors, and I successfully deal with those stressors, and I get stronger as a result. And this is that whole thing, you know, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger, and everybody intuitively believes in that. Okay? And, and, and there's evidence that, that, that it works in certain situations. For instance, school. You're given progressive challenges, and you get stronger. A military training, um, the SEALs and the and Rangers. Um, a human nervous system, when there's an endocrine response to stress, your pulse goes up. When it goes up over about 115, you begin to lose fine motor skills. You have to operate between 115 and 145 in critical situations. If you start getting above 145, you start losing capacities to think and to act. And You're to talking heart training. rate. Heart rate, yeah. This yeah. is stress heart rate. The military can train guys to be functional at 160 stress heart rates. 
they can by by giving them these progressive stressors. And and everybody thought that'll make them more resilient when they go into battle. Um, that'll make cops more resilient, for instance. Well, there's a real so and, and and that was true, it made them stronger. But when you go into battle, it's not people stressing you to try to make you stronger, it's people trying to kill you because they want to kill you. If you're a cop and you're out on the thing, it's not somebody jumping out of an alley to help you be more alert. It's somebody jumping out of an alley to, to, to threaten you. If somebody's humiliating you, they're not humiliating you to make you stronger like a drill instructor. They want to crush you. They want to see you collapse. Mm-hmm. Now, what that does is the exact opposite. You, you become sensitized. And over time, it takes less and less stress to create more and more of a reaction. And we've seen this in guys coming back from if you measure the brains of guys coming back from deployment, they have diminished capacity in the right frontal cortex where there's, there's self-awareness and language and, and self-reflection and heightened awareness in their occipital and parietal cortex, the sensory cortex. So they're, 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 they're hyper-sensitive to threats from the outside right. and they have less ability to right. self-reflect. And these effects continue for years and years and years after deployment, sometimes create delayed stress so and, tr- and and traumas do the same thing traumas make us more sensitized sensitizes there's less stress to create more trauma and when someone's a, someone's All attacking right. wait, wait, wait. Okay. sensitized is less stress and more trauma yeah what it, it requires less of a stressor to, to create, create more trauma more okay and this is the ptsd reaction. yeah you know, that's an cycle. extreme that's an yeah. extreme example of sensitization okay. got it in, in fact a lot of the the researchers say they should call it post-traumatic sensitization syndrome because that's what's really happening. Hmm. And trauma, trauma researchers get all pissed off if you start talking about resilience. One of them, a guy named, an Australian named Alexander McFarland, who studied uh, Australians who, are, who went to battle and kept seeing their brains get degraded when they came back from deployment. Literally, the upper right quadrant. We're talking the physical brain. Physical brain, the, the, right, the, the frontal cortex, the self-awareness, self-cortex, gets downregulated, degraded. The the Millennium Cohort study in the United States studied servicemen and found out that their short-term memory got worse and worse the more they were deployed. Short-term memory has to do with social awareness, self-awareness, self-reflection, and Mm. (sighs) self-observation. Trauma degrades our brains and our consciousness. Repetitive trauma makes us have a worse reaction to less of a stimulus. And this is why we fast forward through Trump. <laughs> wow. One, listening to his This is why voice, it's not getting any better to see his big, ugly mug and his yellow hair. It's getting worse. We're getting sensitized. <laughs> Keith, help. Well, we've got four more years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No, hopefully not. But well, God knows. I mean, it's, it's, God knows is right. So, so in the bullet, so what do you do? What do you do about the bullet? It's interesting that I'm having the same kinds of conversations with people about their reactions to Trump that I've had with 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 year olds about dealing with bullies at schools for the last 44 years. Wow. It's the same principles. Um, It's the same dynamics. It's the same psychology. Uh, Wow. So what do we do? Well, so here we are, you know, uh, living in this world with the television and it's the Trump show all the time. 
So, right. you know, you can't really get away from it. I, I do recommend, you know, that you minimize the, the, the dosage, but uh, what, what can we do? Well, there's, there's tactical and there's strategic. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's go with tactical first. Okay. Tactical is what do I do in the present moment? Okay, well, what you tell kids in the present moment, and what I, you know, I used to teach personal defense when I was a karate instructor, and I would always start out with the first rule of personal defense is don't be there. Okay, <laughs> that's the first rule of personal defense. Right on. Don't be there. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So, um, one thing that you do is you only let in information that's necessary information. For instance, I only read headlines. Um, I never read anything that Trump says. I only focus on what he does. Um, when I have the details of the headline, I move on. I don't need the detail. I don't need everybody being outraged. I don't need finding out how you know they're challenging it in court. Don't need any of that stuff. But I need to have the details to be an informed citizen. And then I avoid, I you know put the mute on. I avoid listening. I avoid all that kind of stuff. I I avoid. The endless editorials talking about how bad this is and how you should do this and you should do that. You know, like saying, telling a red person that he should be caring is like telling a cat that it should be a dog. It's like, give me a break. You know, you're fucking cat. No, no, literally, it's not in the, it's not in the repertoire. It's not in the capacities. You yeah, know? right. So why, why, even, why even suggest it? Why even, yeah. Now, the thing about humans is humans, if you're a human uh, cat, you can pretend to be a dog. <laughs> Right. So, so, you know, Trump can pretend to be all kinds of things. And in certain situations, when he's feeling socially engaged, and I've, I've talked to people who've had personal reaction, interactions with the guy, because, you know, there's a lot of wealthy people in Santa Barbara and stuff. And they say in personal situations, he's quite charming. Yeah. Okay, so when he's identifying people as being uh, on his level, because he has no problems with class, Mm-hmm. Okay. Red, red has no problems with, with a power hierarchy. I'm at no. the top, you're at the bottom. Yeah. So if somebody is identified as at his level, which is somebody he wants or somebody who's as rich as he is or somebody he's doing a deal with until he screws them, he's charming. And he's not just charming to them, he's charming to their families and their wives and their kids and stuff. And this, by the way, is a, a, a characteristic of autocrats the world over. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's a certain big daddy charm. That we've all seen. Where as long as you're, you know, in my sphere and you're doing, you know, you're, you're doing what I want you to do, uh, it's all sweet, you know. And what this does is it amplifies authoritarian personality disorder. Yeah. Now, authoritarian personality disorder is basically the fascist consciousness. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, I don't, I, I've observed this and I don't understand it. Okay, um, but I but I and I'll get back to this because I want we're on tactics now. So tactics okay. is one: don't be there. You know, limit the amount of input. The second thing is maintain a sense of control over your immediate environment. Okay, and and you know California is doing that. California has already filed, filed twenty plus lawsuits and will continue to. And so I'm in a group now that is 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 essentially in a fortress that is defending itself around the intrusions of the authoritarian. Uh, threats. Now you know how Texas felt about Obama. I was thinking exactly that. I was thinking right after Obama. Okay, so here we are in the deep south and black making them by birth control. Yeah, making any by birth control, letting gay people kiss in public. Oh my yeah. God! Limit, um, uh, you know, fracking, whatever. He's all these regulations. They so, felt it. So 2012, the Texas 
um, platform, Republican platform was we do not want to teach critical thinking in middle school anymore. Let us not do that because it'll cause people. So there's just the gloves were off. Okay, we're not going to teach critical thinking because our kids might think that we're wrong. You know, and so we're not going to teach it. And also, there's been, people don't realize this, but there has been, over the last 20 years, there has been a conservative undermining of teaching civics in public schools. Okay? Roughly half of college students in the top 55 schools in this country don't know that a senator serves for six years and a congressman for two years. Okay? I know. No, I know. It's... 33% of people couldn't name the correct century of the American Revolution. And oh, here's my favorite one. What percentage couldn't name the century? 33%. Okay? Could not. That's only, pretty good. Only 14% <laughs> of, of people knew that freedom of the press was guaranteed in the First Amendment. Um, only 26% of Americans can name all three branches of government. Okay, so I took a civics class with a guy who was like a Marine drill sergeant, but I knew he was trying to make me stronger, though he was kind of a nasty son of a bitch. But, you know, by the end of that class, I knew that what the three fucking branches of government were, and I knew the six years and two years of everything. Right. So what, what that means is, is, is by design, there's an electorate that really doesn't understand the gift of the Constitution. And, you know, uh, James Madison said... Uh, a popular government without popular information or the means of acquiring it is but a prolong to a farce or a tragedy or perhaps both. James Madison had it right. So, so there's a subtle anti-intellectual, anti-education, um, and, and it's not unconscious with a lot of people. It's very conscious with a lot of people. And, and part but, of it but, is, you know, just in their defense, you know, in the sense that they don't see this as being a malevolent thing. What they not. see is that there is a liberal intellectual cabal that, you know, where high school teachers are definitely part of that. Teachers are part of that in general. Academia is the center of it. Yeah. And they're teaching a view of civics that is liberal. Right. And, you know, it's not patriotic. It sees America for its flaws and so forth. So that's the tra traditionalists and early modernists argument. Yes. Why they're changing curricula. Yeah. And, and, and the more conservative, conservative you get, I mean, why would I send my child to a public school where they're, they're going to learn something that is absolutely contradictory to my belief and, and, and not only belief, but firsthand knowledge of Almighty God and His creation? Right. And they're going to learn evolution. I mean, so, you know. From an integral perspective, we want to see that these people are making perfect sense yeah. for their, in their worldviews. And you're not going to, now, in terms of, so we're still at tactical, okay? Yeah. Okay. So tactical is you, you, you join together with your brothers and sisters, and you take a stand for, for social justice, and you, and you limit the amount of intrusion, Okay. Um, and, you know, that, that's something that can be understood basically by any value meme. You know, if you're in the red value meme, uh, uh, the, King, Genghis Khan had this issue. King, <laughs> Genghis Khan would, he would attack a city. Okay, he would go to a city. He'd camp outside, and he'd send in his emissaries, and he'd say, look, you guys surrender to the city, 
give us your ruling class and we're not going to burn you down and give you, you know, and, and do our, all the things, the horrible things that we do. And then you're going to be now members of our, of our empire. Seems reasonable. Okay, so a lot of some original initially, Sidi said, "Well, fuck you. We got big walls. We've got armies." So Genghis Khan would attack these cities and lower the and trash the walls and kill everybody. So by the fourth and fifth city, you know, he would come send his emissaries, and everybody kind of at the upper middle class, lower upper class level of that city, they'd all get together and they would throw the ruling class out in front of the gates. And Genghis Khan would kill all of them, and they go, "Okay." And now we're part of your group. And Genghis Khan said, yeah, just send me some grain and you know, send me some gold and we're not going to mess with you. We, and by the way, we won't let other people mess with you too. And Genghis Khan had the biggest empire on earth yeah. up to that time. And there was a saying that said a virgin could drive alone with two, with two boxes of gold from one end of that empire to the other and not be molested. Why? Because if you broke the law, there was one, there was one penalty <laughs> in Genghis Khan. It wasn't pity. They just killed you. Yeah. You know, the, the thing wasn't that you got everything killed. Everything was like, a capital crime. Everything was a capital crime. And if you did something extra bad, they killed you in an extra horrible fashion. Yes, exactly. But you yes. still got killed. That would be the degree of punishment is how slow you were to die. How slow you died. But everybody died who broke. The, okay. Yeah. All right. So that, you know, all right. So there's the. So I'm, we're all, so we're all, what? So one thing is we band together with like minded, like you and I, and so on. But then the strategic response is way more complicated because it involves vertical development. And, you know, Bina, and, Bina Sharma and Suzanne Kukruder, when they uh, teach um, their work, they talk about polarities. And what they mean by that, they mean polarity the way that Socrates has been dialectic. That if you're not maintaining both sides of an issue consciously, you're lost in one side of that issue. And, and the purpose of consciousness, and now we're hitting into the second tier, the purpose of consciousness is to maintain me where I'm being influenced by both sides of all the polarities and looking for the deeper truth all the time and to be suspicious if I'm in any position where I cannot have empathy for the other polarity. In other words, exactly what you did when you said, well, let me defend all those people who don't want to teach physics. You're basically establishing the other side of the polarity which is these yeah. people want to protect their children. They want to protect their, their, their cherished values. They're immortal souls, their children. And they're immortal right. souls. Now, now, strategically, <clears throat> if there's people that are, a lot of my clients are green, exit green, or teal, I try to help them shift into that, that, that level of observing the value memes in themselves and creating these polarities and being interested in maintaining that dialectic because out of that comes all kinds of great things. In fact, this is what you have to do if you're a couple to be a successful couple. Because when you're defended, you know, you're having a fight with your lover. You're having a fight, you're reading threat, you've reduced them to a black and white level of being some kind of an asshole. Okay, and then, all right, so I don't, I'm on one side of a, of, of a, of a dialectic that I don't see the other side. Until I can see your perspective, you know, that, yeah, that you feel injured by me too. So I'm feeling injured by you. You're feeling injured for me. And then somewhere in between is the truth. When I can get there, if we both do that, we get back to love pretty easily. But couples resist doing that because nervous systems don't want to shift in that direction when they're threatened because threat wants to fight, flight, or submit. And it thinks in black and white concrete operational terms. Right. Okay. And, and until you can observe yourself shifting into that, and nobody can do it 100% of the time. 
None of no, us I do. love that. And I just want to stop for a second. So <clears throat> the way forward in, in this strategic way of vertical development is to notice when we want to fight, flee, or submit. And uh, because that is so deeply structured in our psyche that we just do it without realizing it. And, and that shuts us down, shuts, shuts forward, forward motion down. It does. It, it shuts down our more mature brains and our more mature moral systems. So we lose those. Um, we lose relativistic thought. We lose compassionate understanding. Um, um, we lose response flexibility. We, we don't have as many choices. Mm -hmm. And so if we can now, if we can self-observe that shift into that defensive state, we can regulate out of it. And there's lots of ways of doing that. And one of the easiest way conceptually is to say, okay, what's the other side? What's compassionate understanding of both sides? Once I have compassionate understanding of both sides, by definition, I am now out of a defensive state and into a more mature and advanced form of, of thinking, feeling, acting, believing, and, moral, and, and, and valuing. And so th that, that now when, when you get that, okay, when you can observe that, all of a sudden the world changes. Um, I, I had the same experience when I, when I got this that I got when I learned integral. You know, B Becky said, before I wrote Waking Up, which was my first book on integrally informed psychotherapy, um, she said, I said, what should I tell people? She said, tell people that once they get it, they walk around the world and it's just so much more fun. You see so much more. It just, it's so, so amazing. true. Well, that's true when you observe yourself and other people, either in the defensive, a rigid position or a more flexible, rational position. If someone's in a rigid position, then you can't relate to them. It's an asymmetrical relationship. You have to handle them in some fashion. And so you, people tend to resent having to handle other people. Can you just grow up? Well, obviously, if that person could fucking grow up, they'd be grown up right now. You know, they can't. You know, the answer is, of yeah. course, they can't. And so what do I do? Okay, what I don't do is I don't want to create a reciprocal, reciprocal um, uh, defensive state, which is two, two groups at a rally screaming at each other. Nothing happens from there. Okay, everybody's arousal is going up. Nobody's learning anything. Nothing happens. Well, so what do I want to do on an interpersonal level is I want to lower my arousal. Even though my defensive state says, no, raise, my defensive self, my instincts say, raise your arousal, get ready for fight, flight, or submit. I go, no, I'm going to lower my arousal, and I'm going to manage this person, help them lower their arousal. And at some point, they actually might begin to see a few things about my point of view. Now, this requires consciousness, and it requires self-regulation. And these are advanced skills you know, that, that come with the, the integration of the progress on the integration of defensive line of development, progress on the moral line of development. On a larger level, it causes, in terms of strategically with Trump and all those people and so on, I always anchor myself in, okay, there, there is an organizing principle. For instance, Trump's organizing principle is if it's, it's the bully consciousness. Bullies don't mind people disliking them, um, but they don't want to be not noticed. They want to either be feared or envied or admired, okay? They love all three of those. And, and the way the bullies keep in your head in a, in a schoolyard, for instance, is they, they at random intermittent uh, situations, they, they terrorize people. And so you have to keep thinking about them. You can't get them out of your consciousness because right. they're, they're a constant threat. Okay, what that does is they, then they colonize us. 
Now we're colonized and we're feeling bullied. So then we start, when we think about it, we start going into to submit, oh God, nothing I can do about it. You get depressed, fight. You know, and then you start having conversations with Trump in your head. You know, if you're having a conversation with Trump in your head, you know that you're surrendering to a defensive state. It's time to just, to, you know, tell that guy who's, who's doing it, shut the fuck up. Don't argue with Trump. Right. You know, that's not what you literally do. interrupt those thoughts. Yeah, no. You know, if you're going to, if I'm going to think about Trump, I want to think about, all right, he, he gets a little threatened. Someone is critical of him. That's a threat. And so now he gets sadistically attacked and that's moral for him. That's just what he does. Right. And the guy can't think in, in, in paradigmatic terms. And so he doesn't think in terms of how many, how many people suffer. He can't take the role of other. You know, the, the night that he was elected and everybody felt sick to their stomachs. The reason for that is whether it was conscious or not, everybody knew that there was a lot of people around the world that were going to die and suffer and have horrible things happen to them as a result of this. There was going to be deaths and suffering and problems that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And it happened on account of this election. And we keep seeing that. And so the part of me that wants to get morally outraged and turn that into a black and white situation, I have to interrupt it and go, no, I need to maintain the dialectic and understand it in a larger sense and support the social forces that are moving us forward in, in these peculiar ways that they are, like with yes. the, the extra yes. sensitivity to oppression and, and so on. Um, these statistics about civics. You know, I'm a big, uh, no, I didn't enjoy my civics class, but I'm a big fan of teaching the Constitution and having that be more of a big deal. Um, um, I'm not going to, I'm not a big fan of trying to teach progressive values other, but I am a big fan of protecting children from abuse and neglect. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of kids being um, uh, uh, well nourished and, 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 and knowing um, the facts that they need to know to be successful. I mean, these are, you notice I'm mentioning things where I can find common ground with um, conservatives. Yeah. Um, you know, my Trump-loving brother, Gary, um, he's a retired judge in Bakersfield, one of the few Trump areas in, in California. But poor Gary. Poor Gary says, I think I might go to Texas. You know, they're more like me there. I go, yeah, where do you want to go? Austin. I said, Gary, I have some bad news. <laughs> I got some really bad news for you. Austin, Austin is the Santa Barbara of Texas, Gary. <clears throat> so, yeah. so, you know, kind of rained on his Austin parade. He says he's not planning on going there anymore. Right. But anyway, he and I can agree about about what I just said. Okay. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, you know, the 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 truth is is that on uh, the inauguration night, half of the people weren't sick. You know, they were uh, thinking that this guy's going to reshape the world in a way that's more to my liking. Yeah. Well, healthier healthier for me and my kids. Yeah, slightly less than half, but yeah, I, 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 it's slightly less. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slightly less than half. Forget that. Yeah, but but yeah, and partly because he's going to attack all those assholes that I'm so pissed off at. Right. Okay. And yeah. you know, and those guys, those guys deserve to get their asses kicked. Yeah. You know. Okay. So he's yeah, going to go. They're 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 make, t taking the world in a bad direction. Well, this is no. So now this is bringing me to the thing I wanted to ask you about. So all the things that people, that the, the, the right accused Obama of, okay, they accused him of being Hitler, being a fascist. They accused him of lying. They accused him of being selfish. They accused him of being self-serving. They accused him of being petty. 
by giving uh, Michelle power, they, ex they accused him of nepotism. Um, they accused him of having an ineffective foreign policy. Um, they accused him of um, uh, making bad decisions, um, uh, having, they accused him of having low status in the eyes of other people around the world. Um, they accused him of not caring about Americans, okay? So all these things that they accused Obama of arguably are all not true. I mean, Obama wasn't a perfect president, but Obama, none of those things were true about Obama. But it was true in their world. It was true in their world. But now Trump embodies, it's not pretend. It's not like there's a, there's a liberal equivalent of Fox News that are blowing things out of proportion and, and saying that he does have fascist uh, psychology, that he lies that he has poor standing in the, in the world, that he's sending people unnecessarily into harm's way, right. um, that he has nepotism, uh, rampant nepotism, that he's self-serving. Um, yeah. All these things are demonstrably true. And so all the things that they accused Obama of are embodied in this person that they chose. And I go, what the fuck? Is that just, a, that can't be just a coincidence, right? Yeah. I mean, is there some social principle that's being, you know, you, well, you, you get what you attack? Like, I think there's a psychological principle uh, maybe at, at play here um, in the sense that if, if we just think of postmodernists and traditionalists, you know, the, 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 right, the, the right being the traditionalists, left being postmodernists, uh, there is a, just a deep structure of seeing um, uh, the other as, first of all, wrong, then bad, then dangerous, then, you know, they must be stopped. Evil. So there's that evil, exactly. So that there's that whole cascade. And that's built into the structures. That's why we call it a polarity. That they, both sides see the other as being, on one hand, this fascist, authoritarian monster, and then this ineffectual fool. I mean, those are that's sort of the, the, the flavor of criticisms that presidents have always gotten. You know, I was just thinking when you said that, that part of the burden of, of green, of progressives, is that their position has to be supported by science. I mean, they're embarrassed if it's not. Right. And maybe that's, that's the case. Maybe that's part of the thing that, that we can be, that you, can be, you can be biased and bigoted and pissed off and defensive and even in a bully consciousness as a green person or a pluralistic person, but you really need to be supported by the right quadrants. I mean, if you're not supported by the right quadrants, you get a little bit embarrassed. Right. Um, yeah. uh, and, and you don't need to be supported by the right quadrants if you're a traditionalist. That's not necessary. That's really an advantage when it comes to how you structure your understanding of the yeah, universe. but it doesn't seem to <clears throat> change the vitriol that comes, that really flows both ways to me. I mean, I, I think that the, the left is every bit as vitriolic. And, and, and again, I, I want to say that th this is sort of the political structure of opposition. And yeah, I get it. All presidents get the, all the criticisms that you said from the other side, that they are creating enemies in the world, that they're making us unsafe, that people are dying because of their decisions, because of whatever it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, along call, comes Trump. And in his case, it's actually true. You know, yeah. and we could see where, oh, God, you know, we, we had been wasting all of this on Romney and Bush, yeah. but actually now it's true. And it really is because, you know, red 
just especially his sort of psychopathic personality or whatever diagnosis we give him, it's just a bullshit artist. It's just a day trader. He's just, you know, doing whatever it takes to get through the next moment and punching and flailing. And, uh, and so I think this adds is just an extra conundrum. Yeah. But it also, I think when it's all over and we have survived it, hopefully, uh, we're going to be a little less sensitized uh, to use your uh, yeah, sensitized yeah. versus resilient. Yeah. I think we're, we're going to realize that, wait a second, we had a real scare there. We had yeah. a real experience with a, a real bad guy. Yeah. So maybe we're going to temper some of the vitriol in the, as we go forward. You know, I agree with that. And, and I think there's one difference, though, in the vitriol on the left and the right. The, the, if, you're go, if you're dealing with, with pluralistic vitriol, these people, when they're not defensive, have much more capacity to take the role of other. And they're much more world-centric than people on the oh, right. Man. You, to ask them to take the role of a Trumpster. Ask well, them to take the role of Trump. I, I understand, but the, what I'm thinking of in terms no go. what I'm thinking of is in terms of rationalization for violence. Okay, um, I just don't see as as many um, as much enthusiasm for punishment and revenge and retribution on the far left as I do on the far right. I don't see the I don't see the same kind so of sure. enthusiasm. But, I mean, you, you know, probably we right. look at what, you know. If, so we have this alt right that has come online, this sort of radical right, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, they are so far, far less uh, lethal than the left was in the 60s. How interesting. You're right. So far, you're right. You know, we'll see how it goes. But I think the whole system has evolved. I agree with that. Because look at all the people who are getting shot back, you know, political assassinations. Oh, with all sorts of moral justifications of, you know, bombing and the Symbionese Liberation Army and, you know, whatever. Sure. Or Wallace getting shot. I mean, yes, everybody, exactly. a lot of people were getting shot. No, that's yeah. a good point, Jeff. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and that's it. You know, like if you get into, if you just surrender to destructive impulses, destructive impulses are destructive Absolutely. Impulses. In first tier, I mean, it, it, we're talking about these first six structures of development, that, you yeah. know, the, uh, using a little jargon. Mm -hmm. But they're all sort of programmed to fight with each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, if I had been setting this world up, I wouldn't have done it that way. But God did. Apparently. Well, and so if you're in the second tier, if I'm in my second tier consciousness, which I am, you know, a certain amount of the time, yeah, certainly not, it's not a good day, certainly not all the time. My job when I'm irritated with someone is to resolve it into love and health. That's my job. And if I'm seeing something that somebody else isn't, and I really am, which, you know, that's what vertical development is, you have more perspectives. I have a responsibility to not add to the problem. Yeah. Okay, that's my that responsibility. That is the integral realization. That's right. Uh, you know, I think Green gets that. I, I, here's where I sort of sympathize with your point of view, where Green does have more online, more perspectives. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, that, that makes us, I mean, when we start making a, uh, a practice out of 
stepping into the role of the victims of history, women, slaves, race, you know, all of the gay uh, and, and animals and so forth. When we, we start, you know, breaking out of our own solid self, uh, there, that is good practice for then moving into integral where you, where you extend that finally to everybody. Yes. Including the right. Because yes. the, left, the left will extend it to everybody except the right, basically. Right. And for the right, they reserve the, as much vitriol as I think we've ever seen. Well, and, you know, not in terms of actual violence. And that, this is also a marker of progress we would look at, is that we're just arguing on the Internet. Well, and, but also, and also, 37% of Americans can't name one right on the Bill of Rights. Okay. I know. I so, know. Well, could so, they in the sixties? Could they in the fifties? I don't know. Well, one thing about it is that if everybody knew at least, you know, the Bill of Rights, I can't help it. It's a it's a progressive document. I mean, oh, it's well, giving course, it, it's astonishing. It, it, Especially when you consider that the Constitution was written by slaveholders. I know. It's <laughs> and so the, the, the one thing that I that, that one thing that's happened with me. This hasn't happened as much with my clients as me. Is I just get more and more and more and more and more grateful for the Constitution and for the founding fathers. Right on. I just I, I just have well, such geez. love for those people. Thank you. And and that is that is an integral move in the sense that you know leaving all of the sort of. Uh, strategies and tactics behind just bringing forth that appreciation of country and uh, you know of our history uh, forward into a post postmodern view is itself an integral move. Yeah, yeah and I agree. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels like it's on schedule. And also, my my whole calling, my whole profession, being a psychotherapist pretty much isn't possible without the Bill of Rights. You know, I did, for me to be able to take the position of encouraging every person's individual development, as long as they're not uh, hurting somebody else, and, look, and looking relativistically around functioning and, and health and, and all that other stuff, a um, hundred years ago, I get in a lot of trouble with somebody for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, Wilhelm Reich died in prison. Okay, why? He was too progressive in his understanding about sexuality. And so he was, oh, he yeah. was crucified by his oh. own profession. Yeah, well, the first modernists were literally burned at the stake. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, now we just get dissed on the internet. It, oh, I'll take it. I hate it. <laughs> no, it's, it's progress, but, it, you know, as we say, evolution is beautiful, but not pretty. Yeah, and, and so there's the strategic. The, the strategic thing is, um, all right, I have this responsibility to support everybody's development, and we're going through an evolutionary correction, as Ken says, and I yeah. believe in that. I believe in that. Yeah. Um, and there's new stuff coming up. That you know, this bully stuff is important because it's affecting people's nervous systems. Yeah, it really is. And I, I and you know, as we sort of tie things up here again, you know, the, this idea of of sensitization. Uh, being sort of progressive. That's that's a good, really good insight uh, for me, is that it actually gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah. Uh, and then the resilience is the polar, you know, I don't want to, it's opposite, but it's it's the other side of the polarity. 
the other side of the polarity, and when you've been sensitive, when you've been sensitized and tra- your nervous system has been traumatized, the way to get into resilience has to be weirdly through development, through integration. Mm-hmm. The way you deal with trauma is through integration. In now, a side effect of integration is you become more world centric. You become more compassionate. You're you're including more. Yeah. Now, one of the weird things about this that might happen is that. All this trauma that, that, that is being inflicted upon uh, progressives and others, at least in this country, will drive people into self-reflection, will drive people into therapy more. It, will, it, will, it lowers thresholds. People are more distressed. People have more problems. And as they begin to address that, they grow. And, you know, that means a lot of people in green popping through into teal. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm you know, seeing you're seeing you know, that? Well, yeah, I'm seeing, um, you know, a lot of people on the left are, you know, they can't stomach Trump. And, you know, I'm in that category, too. I don't exactly leap for the remote. I try to watch occasionally. But here's where, where they are moving. Trump supporters. You know, and, and by that, I mean the people who have this antipathy to green, to antipathy to postmodernity. It's like, why do they hate me? Uh, and that's a good question, isn't it? And, 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 yes. You know, especially if you ask it with a real open heart and mind. Well, the thing about Ken's monograph that helped me was I started thinking, okay, to a certain extent, I've let down a rural, uneducated America. I've let them down. You know, for some reason, you know, I'm, you know, I'm an old white guy. I'm part of the power structure. How come I didn't arrange a country? so that they're better taken care of, like everybody, like people in Holland and Sweden, where they don't have a lot of these problems. And, you know, I, I wasn't that involved in the political process developmentally, and, I, and so that's part of my responsibility. I certainly didn't see Trump coming. That's part of my responsibility. Um, you know, I, I remember when Hillary said, uh, the, the right is really good at getting power and really bad about governing. And I, di- and I didn't think at the time, well, God damn it, Hillary, get, let's get better at getting power then, okay? I didn't, I didn't think that. I had a green bias. Oh, yeah, that, they're good at getting power. They're not good at governing. We're all good at governing. I didn't get it. Well, we're not very good at getting power. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get better at getting power, yeah. okay? Yeah. I, 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 I had that. Bias. And that's get, the more yang side of this realization. Yes. Is, you know, let's get out there and actually make a difference and make a change. And yeah. I see that happening on the left, too. And that's exciting because yeah. you actually have to get in the arena. Yeah. Let's state houses. Back, you know, look at it. Win some state elections. Let's get yeah. back. Let's win back some state houses. You know, let's um, let's let's have it happen on the local. Let's, I, well, I, let's I, also come up with a message that includes the yes. people who've been left out. And I don't think we have that yet. I think Bernie Sanders actually is you know, plowing that field. But, I agree. Uh, and he, he's the one who has excitement, but he's 70-something, and God only knows what will happen because uh, he's got a lot of juice. Well, it but, drives me crazy that he would have won easily, even with the Russians. He would have totally. won against I mean, Trump. People, a lot of people just wanted to blow things up a little bit. Yep. And, and, and they're getting their wish. Anyway, Keith, I'm glad we got this all sorted out. Yes, I'm glad that we got it all sorted out. (laughs) We all want to become more resilient. We want to become less sensitized. Yes. We're going to do our best. And and, and the way to do that is to grow. And Yeah, wake Uh, up. Wake up, grow up, clean up. That's right. 
So uh, thank you so much, as always, my dear bro. For my joining. dear bro. Yes. And you can find more of Dr. Keith on uh, drkeithwitt.com, W-I-T-T. Keith, That's it. Drkeithwitt.com. And you are also doing an integral live program. And yes, I am. Every Saturday. The first, say, tell us about it. First Saturday is with Dr. Keith, um, where I'll talk about something to do with, you know, relationships, love, health, craziness. All, it was normal crazy and extra crazy, you know, last time. Um, and then people call in and we talk or Corey and I will have a conversation. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it, we are so complex, uh, all of us. And so that gives, gives a, it's kind of like our talks. It gives me a chance to focus on one aspect of the human complexity and have some conversation with people. A couple of people have called in. We've had some nice conversations. So dial in. It's 2 o'clock uh, um, uh, uh, Pacific time, three o'clock mountain time on first Saturday of every month. And uh, you can go to integrallive.com and, and click in on it. Integrallive.com and click in. It'll be, it'll be first Saturday with Dr. Keith. And just to be clear, Integral Live, L I V E, is yes. a subset of Integral Life, L I F E. So L I F E. is where you will be showing up. Same place as, you're, as I'm showing up every day. And one other thing that I'm doing is in February, I'm starting a nine-month program for eight to 18 accomplished, experienced therapists to meet weekly, to have a couple of three-day meetings at the beginning and at the end, and then to meet weekly uh, virtually for a couple hours on Zoom with the, the purpose of deepening their natural healing style and their capacity to be connected to spirit during the therapy session. It's called the Integral Master Therapist Program, and I'm accepting applications for that now. You need to apply to it, and then you can find out about it. All you got to do is Google Integral Master Therapist or go to my website and click on to uh, the link, and you can read about the program, and you can check out the application form if you're interested and find out details of frequently asked questions and so on. And I'm excited about that, and I'm in the process of um, putting that together right now, and the application form on the website is up. Wonderful. Uh, that's exciting. I it can't wait exciting. to see what comes out of that. Yeah, that's real good deep dive stuff, and mm -hmm. it's going to move the ball, which is what we're doing here. Yes, right, we're Dave. moving the ball. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Much love.